to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk number 381 This is part two of the Wild Camp number three, the Christmas special, recorded mid-December 2014, where Andy Hal joins me on a stormy night in a tent, cooking up a gourmet three-course meal to celebrate, well, wild camping in general. In part one, I've described the walk, setting up camp and the decisions affecting the choice of cooking system. There's also the secret Santa, lots of banter and the meal, of course, takes shape. In this episode, we continue to touch on various topics as the weather gets worse, eventually forcing us to cut the meal short and retreat from our camp early in the morning. In case I don't clarify in the audio, I was using the Eureka Wikiup 3 teepee tent, so it was big enough for two of us to sit inside and cook the meal. For my sleeping section, inside the Wikiup, I was using the Solo Mesh Inner from a Lux Hex Peak, which I then clipped onto the pole after the cooking. However, as you'll hear, the force of the wind was so great that the water spray found its way through the mesh of the inner that night at times during the high winds, which was, of course, slightly unfortunate. Now, don't forget that there's more photos and information from this trip on the Outdoor Station website. However, let's get back to the next course of food and more chat about social media. Right, we've moved on, um, and we both agree that Plat du Jour was extremely filling, even though Andy had two helpings. Well, I did, and it was extremely filling, so much so that we've had to take the very serious decision to pass on the dessert course. Yeah, well, we could always have that as a late breakfast or something tomorrow. Perhaps, yeah, yeah, we? we could do what uh, our friend Mick, Mick and Gail do and let's have a second breakfast. Second breakfast. Well, I've got bacon bacon sandwiches for, for breakfast. Oh, so. Bob. Providing you've done the washing up. I've said this before, <laughs> you would make somebody a lovely one. Well, honestly, you're late. You never tell me what time you're home. You always leave your room in a mess. Honestly, you're the typical husband. So we moved on to the digestif course, which is homemade, Rose's homemade slow gin liqueur, award-winning. And coffee with a mousse au chocolat blanc, which is, for the uninitiated, white chocolate in sticks. And the slow gin is, yes, the real McCoy. Yes, Rose's slow gin is famous, it should be said. There you go. Oh, God. You're not staying here tonight, you've got it your own place. I know, I know, I've just got to nip around the corner. Yeah, your room's a mess. Anyway. A bit disturbed about this rain that's coming down. Cheers, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas again. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's a touch of luxury. That's another thing about the wild camping, isn't it? It is nice to have the odd little bit of luxury. I think it's the little luxury. I mean, you you appreciate it more. Here, have a chocolate. You appreciate it more. 
don't you? Um, yeah. Just the, the, the flavours of things, the tastes of things, things you take for granted at home, I guess, in some oh. respects. Instant hot water being one of them. I always like to have a bar of chocolate around in the evening. Oh, you've got a naughty drawer as well, have you? Not in my pack, look. Oh, I see. I think you should explain that uh, Bob has discovered Rose's secret naughty drawer. Yeah, she's got a naughty drawer, which is uh, where she keeps her chocolate and crisps and things, but mainly chocolate. Rose's... Not now, though, because we've got it out here. <laughs> yeah, I found where the naughty drawer is and relieved her of some of it. Well, no, a little bit of luxury is a nice thing. I think the tendency when you first start in doing wild camping is to take too much of everything. Yes, and, and I mean, then it and yeah. it stops being it stops being fun then, um, because you just I mean the weight of the stuff I was carrying today and you as well we've got four stoves between us just in case, but in reality we've only used one. Yeah. Um, but had we been coming out on our own, we wouldn't be having anything like this sort of feast, would we? It'd be a simple meal. I was reading. Um something on the net the other day There's a, somebody has done a, a survey of uh, walkers on the PCT, the Pacific Crest Trail hmm. and there's just quite some interesting things about it the, um, I mean they're mainly you know, the, the age of that is quite a young age group but um, I think by and large people were starting off with something like 18 kilos on average and they were you know they were carrying 12, 13 within a month Mm. You know, and I think that's right, isn't it? You, you very quickly realise there are just things you're not using, and you send them home. Mm. Well, it's surprising. I think the other thing that's certainly changing from the um, the people coming to see us at the there are a lot of people actually coming into doing the outdoor thing, wild camping being one of it, but doing the outdoor thing perhaps later on in life, and they don't. I'm not being patronising, but they don't really have the experience of carrying heavy weights for long periods of times on their back yeah. and the tendency is to go into a shop or you know get carried away on the internet whatever it might be and order a whole variety of things of course if you're going into a shop those the shop people haven't well camped that much probably either well true true and of course everything you pick up individually in the shop individually is not very heavy yeah but when you've gathered it all together and then put in your clothes and the, the other items you need to take all of a sudden you have a bit of a shock and i think um I think the slow education process is a, is a good thing, and wild camping is a good way to do that because um, it helps you narrow down, you know, the specifics of what you need and what you might need and what you definitely don't need. Yes, and, and getting a feel for where you can double up on things and um, use them. I've just bought a new waterproof jacket the last couple of weeks, which I've been promising to do for years, and I went to PhD, the specialist down supplier. So it's they use their own the own branded material. It's not Gore-Tex, or it might be bent, but it isn't one of the new fabrics. But it works well enough. But what they do that I like is they they have um, they slightly oversize their garments so that you can wear down underneath it. Um, and in in cold weather, there's no reason why you shouldn't do that because down is a wonderfully insulator and it rips beautifully. That might allow me to cut back on a bit of stuff as well, I don't know. Mm. But uh, having gear that has more than one purpose is very useful. I think it's... Uh, well, one of the items that we were both talking about today 
is that how do people think they can manage without walking poles? I mean, that's the one singular item I think that makes a massive difference between and for anybody's experience yeah. on a long trek. It's weather like today in particular. I mean, when you start using them, you notice it, particularly on steep mountain paths when you're going downhill, don't you? You know, it, it mm. takes a lot of strain off the knees. But we were saying today, clambering across very wet, boggy, muddy land, wouldn't have liked to have done that without walking past. Well, it's crossing you just some... don't get the traction, do you? So, well, some of those streams as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. those streams weren't very wide, but the gosh, they were deep. They would have been literally up to our waist. And, and they were torrents, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And the, the walking poles give stability and, and yeah. uh, ability to, to traverse that terrain. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a and of course, these days, a lot of us keep our shelters up with them as well. Indeed, yes. And in fact, um, I've just I've just created a new accessory. Did you know that for no, flick lock poles? Well, flick lock poles are, are slightly different from the twist lock variety. Yeah. And I've created a little linking section to link flick lock poles together. That's um, very useful. To make support a shelter like this. I mean, the uh, the original link pole link that worked on the screw ones is a great piece of kit, I think. Yes, yeah. I've, actually, one of the pole manufacturers told me that even though people are going over to the flick lock system, actually the twist lock system is a stronger connection. Yeah. I don't know how they've tested it, but that's what I've been told. Oh, yeah. well. Oh, well, I'm quite happy with my uh, twist. I mean, the only thing is sometimes they do come a bit loose, don't they? Or you don't. It was the way, yeah. Just the way as, you, as maybe you should. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm quite happy with that. And the other, the other problem with them is sometimes you can over, over tense them quite easily, and, you, and it can lock. You can't, well, you, yeah, you can, yeah. can't undo the damn yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So what about um, what about any changes in your world then, in the in the blogging world and, and social media? Social media's. I mean, we were reflecting that really um, we were the first people, possibly on the TGO ten years ago on the TGO Challenge, to actually start recording the event and, and distributing the information through or your case your blog and my case podcasts um, and um, you know 10 years ago is a long time ago in social media world isn't it well it seems like another age now doesn't it um, when I started my blog um, I did so really because I got an idea for different projects and um, I wanted to see how the software works and then I thought well I've got to start writing about something it was just about the time I applied for my First TGO Challenge, so I decided to start writing about that. And, um, but um, I, I think it has changed very much. Um, there's not as much now. Uh, I think you don't see as many new ones. I mean, we've been through a period where new blogs would appear and then they disappear. And um, I mean, so you've got a number of people who've been doing it a long time now, and they're, they're quite regulars. But you don't, you don't seem to get the new entrants quite in the same way. And I certainly feel myself that. Um, there's a kind of quality issue. I mean, I think a lot of the things that you would do have been done. So most gear's been covered, reasonably exclusively now. Um, you know, there's, most, there's a lot of blogging being done about key walks and you know, routes and destinations. So I, I find I blog less now because I, I only blog when I feel I've got something to say and when I feel it's interesting me because, you know, predominantly... If you don't enjoy writing, it doesn't work. But I think increasingly these days, people are moving to the the video YouTube world, and, and we see a lot of video material. Uh, quite frankly, some of it of a very dubious quality, but people seem to enjoy it. I guess one of the things is with the new mobile technology, smartphones, all the rest of it, 
it's the you can get a guidebook that can say, well, look, this bit of the walk is a bit tricky. Um, and they turn to they tend to err on the side of caution, don't they? Whereas you take even the most rudimentary video clip, you can actually show people how difficult this is. So I think that's been a big change, and I suppose as mobile technology develops, and particularly as battery technology gets more effective, I suppose we're going to see more and more. Well, what about interactive the, stuff. What about the commercial aspect? I mean, you, how much do you get approached by commercial interest products, brands, whatever, um, to review, support, promote whatever their products? A lot, and I've got quite strong views on it. I mean, I'm not a purist. I, I don't do that. If I if I write about a piece of gear, most of the time it's something I've bought myself, and it's something that I've used quite a lot. I mean, there are you know, occasional times when you know I judged the TGO Awards this year, and I, I got some gear came through after the judging date. You know, and I I will I will give that review. Something, but by and large, I think it's quite important that you're reviewing stuff that you've used really well but I do get a lot of emails um, from agents from companies um, would I like to try this pair of boots or this shelter increasingly people wanting to write copy as well you know, we'll, we'd like to have a partnership with you and we will we will write an article for you and um, do you and know, that's not that, what it's about for me no funny enough I mean both on the shop the Backpacking Light website and also the Outdoor Station, I get endless people wanting to write, suggesting writing partnership type information and, and you think, I, I say to them, well, you're only going to write about a particular product or service or whatever else, what, of what benefit is it to me and how does it relate to my my, yeah. my viewer base or whatever and, and they don't really answer. I think we've just had a bit of a spat on the internet, haven't we, about... Um some blogging awards and the nature of commercial uh, blogs or not. I think one of the things we've got to be aware of now is that um, uh, those people doing journalism courses, I mean, really, if they're not writing blogs or doing that regularly and they're applying for a course, place, people want to know why they don't. And uh, there's a very interesting guy called Jeff Jarvis who writes sometimes in the... uh, Guardian Observer, but who used to be an editor in New York and now is a professor of journalism, I think, at one of the New York universities. Uh, and their their students are are really encouraged to write. And I think this is where a lot of it's coming from. That in a sense, you know, it gets people into that mentality that, well, how do you do it? You know, well, we'll uh, we'll volunteer to write copy for this, that, and the other. And but it's not what I enjoy. And but then on the other hand, you do get the feeling that that generation of us that like to sit down and read a reasonably passionate reasonably well written piece you know we're, we're, we're in more of a minority than we were I think well I think you know doing something like journalism and writing you know, it's, a, it's a muscle isn't it you need to exercise that, yeah. that creative muscle and I think that's in many respects I see that as, as a reasonable thing to do I don't know if I'd correlate it with, with the being approached all the time by different people who are obviously just writing, wanting to write something well, with a, a twist on their brand. But they're, they're only after Google rankings. That's all they're after. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, after yeah, using yeah, yeah. your particular Google rankings. I mean, I can flip it over. In, in the podcasting world at the moment, there's a resurgence of interest because podcasting is now 10 years old. Um, it's established itself from being the fad that all the broadcasters thought it might be and therefore they dismissed it completely. 
and now look at them all the broadcasters are doing podcasts but there's a there's a, a new sort of interest a new generation of of um, podcasters that are going through the same procedure in some respects to social media and blogging in the sense that I want to start a podcast I want to start it about um, uh, my particular area of interest or whatever it might be and I want to make a living out of it now there's you know obviously everybody's got needs to make a living or what desires to make a living if they can out of something that they enjoy um, however there is a whole mid- little mini industry that's suddenly cropping up with you know how to make a podcast how to make money how to monetize it how to do this that and the other and I think personally I think they're, they're, they're selling a, a very very uh, fictional dream because it's just and I know from experience it is very very hard work and you just um, people want to know if they're going to buy something buy a service and buy a buy an impact they want to know of your audience you're going to get that impact and in actual fact people are better off doing something like YouTube videos because it's got such a worldwide audience and if you do something in the right kind of way you're going to get a bigger impact yeah and of course YouTube has got this um, advertising model now where in fact they you get a cut of their advertising it's not doing it so I mean I, I personally find that the the sites that carry a lot of advertising uh, and some of them are written by friends of mine and they're very interesting sites but I I find it a bit off-putting, really. Um, and it's not um, an ideological objection to advertising and commerciality. I, I think it, it detracts from the nature of the product. And it's a bit, I suppose, like going back to commercial TV or commercial radio, that there always was that balance, wasn't there, about how much advertising you carry in a programme, which is why quite a lot of us have a culture shock when we go to the United States, when the, the uh, frequency of the ads in a programme uh, is higher. And uh, there's something like that with with um, sites that are carrying lots of advertising. So, you know, it works for some people and, and it uh, presumably pulls in a significant uh, income. I don't think you could live on it, but it presumably supplements income if you had a, have a bit of a portfolio lifestyle, I guess. Well, like in, like anything else, as we were saying earlier on, it's, you know, if you're going to achieve in a particular area, you've got to spend a lot of time, a lot of effort maximising every opportunity you can for... for um, for you know, for publication and for, um, yeah. for for the target. But what I was going to say is, you mentioned earlier uh, today about that we as uh, as as individuals, we are Facebook fodder. Facebook is making money out of us as individuals um, by uh, gathering all that data together and profiling us and whatever else and targeting us. Yeah. But we're not getting a share of their advertising. I, I think this is very interesting. And if you, I mean, I'm very interested in the whole uh, set of econo- econ- economics and thinking around new media. And uh, there's, a, there's a book we were talking about earlier that's come out, um, which uh, I'll give you the details of, you can put it in the show notes. Mm. But it's been written by a guy who's been involved in a lot of big startups in uh, Silicon Valley for 15, 20 years. And there's a, there is a school of thought now that we've got a real problem with this business model because it isn't shared. That, you know, the, you, uh, you know, most businesses work on the basis, decent businesses work on the basis that they've got a distribution curve, which is a bell curve, which for those people that know what that is if you imagine a graph you know it kind of builds up into the middle and but it, it's a wide distribution um, and the problem with these new technology things like facebook is that if you if you hit it big you make a lot of money but nobody else does down the line 
and uh, I think it was the sale of Instagram that made people think I mean Instagram was bought by Facebook for a billion dollars it had 13 staff and all of the content there is basically owned by you and me it's the content that people put on there because they want to share it for some reason and uh, there is some interesting thinking in the States now about how you might adapt to a, a micropayment system so you know, basically every time somebody's looking at your page or your article or your tweets or whatever it is there's a tiny micropayment goes through um, and uh, I think that's going to be very interesting to watch in recent years I mean, because if you, you know if you're, if you're Facebook and you're selling masses of advertising on the back of our chat you know um, it seems a rather disingenuous business model if you think about it that way so I think things will change a lot in the next 10 years. I, I think we probably won't be able to predict what's going to happen. Um, and to some extent, you can assume that mobile technology gets more pervasive because it gets more powerful, it gets faster, battery life gets better. But I, you know, I don't think the, uh, I don't think the Facebooks and uh, organisations like that are necessarily the modern utilities. I used to think they were, but you, know, you could easily see something come along that knocks them off now. I wonder if there's going to be. I mean, I, I'm a, I, I certainly have a, a feeling this way myself. Is that I wonder if there's going to be a situation where there's a dividing line one day, and you know, a certain number of people in the in the indus, in the, the community or communities just decide to opt out. They just have a, a digital cleansing and decide to opt out of all the social media and the mobile phones and, and actually get back to doing things. Because if there's one thing that we both agree on, is that actual you know the time you spend on social media reading about people who are supposed to be doing something else but are they really doing it anyway rather than actually just getting on and living your life and doing something interesting is, uh, is an awkward one isn't well, it well we were talking about this from a business perspective earlier weren't we that you, these days you, the trick is to get the hook out there you know if it's a blog post you know most people see my ads for my blog posts through twitter um, you know, the, eight or nine years ago, they were picking these things up through RSS feeds and um, into specialist software. Uh, and uh, the difficulty with promoting stuff, and you must find this at work, um, in, at the commercial side of things, you're promoting stuff on Facebook, you're promoting stuff on Twitter. It's difficult to know how effective it is, I think. You know, is it really driving new work to your site? Um, if you stopped doing it for months, what would happen? I mean, it's, and I think that's the problem because, as you were saying to me earlier, the amount of time you spend there cross promoting, yeah, and, and yeah. doing this stuff is very significant. And you're almost curating the publicity experience now. And uh, certainly, I think, you know, I think that's one of the things that, that has hit me with blogging. You know, I started it because I like writing and like sharing things occasionally, and I like that. But once, once you're worried about the hits and keeping the hit rate up and thinking about how you publicise stuff uh, it seems to open up another universe of a lot of work yes yeah well I certainly would agree with that I was just thinking as you are saying that I mean this this podcast will probably take me um, a working day to put together um, so that's the technical aspect of actually finishing it off and, and uploading it but I probably guarantee it's going to take me as long to promote it and mention it in all the various outlets uh, and, and format it because each one requires a different format yeah. to, to get the message out to people so 
It's yeah. interesting, isn't it? I mean, I do know one or two people who've uh, abandoned Facebook. I think that's quite interesting. And they don't seem to... Uh, their lives don't seem to be any less Suffered. richer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, um, I've often thought about just having a month where I just leave it alone completely. Yeah, digital See detox. what happens. Digital so, yeah, yeah, maybe there is something in that. But um, I think it gets difficult. And I think... I mean, the other, the other thing that's interesting is the effects on mainstream media. Because... Uh, a lot of stuff that would have been carried, even to a small extent, on some of the minority BBC channels now, has been thrown very much into the podcast arena, hasn't it? And um, I mean, some of them are very well, produ- well, professionally independently produced programmes, and uh, with very niche audiences. And you just wonder how the main broadcasters suffer, really, as yeah, their product yeah. gets blander and blander and, and, and more universal. What is interesting now, I mean, we've, we've taken on Now TV, and um, I think you've got Apple TV, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a variety of our friends have got similar sort of Rocco, Rocco or whatever it is, features. Yeah, yeah. Same sort of thing in smart TVs. Is now, because everything comes through the TV, and that can be everything from audio, podcasts, as well as, um, you know, established mainstream media, then do the, do the um, consumers, the viewers see it as all being of a similar quality of authority of information i think i think the interesting thing is 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 um i mean i very rarely watch watch live television now no neither i mean you, it's record it's either recorded to a, a hard disk recorder which is part of my cable tv setup or it's you know it, it's uh, it's watched through a service like netflix or something like that and, um, I mean, the frustration about things like Netflix, when, when I first started experimenting, it was the quality of production. But now they're doing their own original production work. Some of it's very, very good. And, and you know, I think they are now the single biggest content carrier on the net now. Gosh. And uh, it's certainly going to have a big impact on the conventional broadcasting world, I think. Definitely. Well, as you can hear, folks, things have slightly got a bit more interesting as they did last time, last Christmas meal. So I think it's about time to batten down the hatches and do some checking. So uh, we don't come back later. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Yep.
8 o'clock in the morning and as you can hear uh, it is uh, a little bit windy and uh, rainy and it's been like this since uh, 7 o'clock last night uh, so consequently uh, the change of plan is to uh, forget uh, the uh, bacon sandwich I had sort of planned for this morning uh, get everything packed up and sorted uh, I'll probably start moving and find a sheltered spot if we're going to do it to have one Otherwise, we'll um, keep going and just survive on some nibbles and head back to the car uh, later on this morning. Uh, but it's been a pretty adventurous night from this point of view. Thankfully, everything was stayed stuck down and guyed out. Um, but interestingly, it was that strong that the water was being driven through the top vents of the wickier uh, and dribbling down onto me, which I only noticed this morning, actually, when I got out of my quilt. And I can see my quilt was um, quite damp where the, uh, the water will be coming through the air vents which is a bit annoying um, but having said that, it's not the end of the world it's only one night and uh, you've got to be flexible so I, I'm packing up now um, I've got to sort out all this washing up which Andy didn't do not that I'm bitter um, but I'm pretty well got everything packed up in, in their waterproof bags now uh, and so as soon as I've got the uh, air bed completely deflated and the inner tent folded up then I shall um, start packing and then go and clean up all the mess. And then there's only the shelter to take down, the wiki up, which has been, you know, very good, nice and roomy for, for what we were doing. Um, but uh, as you can hear, it's certainly catching the wind. But Andy's had no, uh, no difference in his shelter. Oh, I, th I believe he wants some service. Morning, Andy. Morning. How do we sleep? I think uh, I'm going to forego the bacon sandwich and uh, pack up. I think so. I'm just having a bit of porridge. Oh, good for you. Won't be long. Okay. I'll just get going. Uh... Here we come, a wassailing among the leaves so green. Here we come, a wandering so fair to be seen. Love and joy come to you, and to you your wassail too. And God bless you and send you a happy new year. And God send you a happy new year. We are not We decided to pack up early, as you heard, 
and uh, start heading back. As uh, I expect you can hear, the weather is um, pretty unpleasant. Um, I was expecting rain, but not uh, not this sort of wintry, wintry rain, I guess. Um, visibility is still very, very poor. Clouds down, 100 metres at most. But we found the path fairly quickly that we wandered off last night. Um, just tired, really, and too late, too dark, too late tired and uh, we should have started earlier that was the, that was the key thing really although the food or etc was okay in the evening um, we had to sort of pull it closed fairly early and get to bed but this weather's been going all night long now um, and it's I don't know 10 o'clock ish I think and we've, we're just heading across on the path back to the car park but it'll be a good hour or so before we get there I reckon Anyway, I'll uh, probably do a little bit more when we're inside the car or maybe we'll stop at a pub or something on the way back. Proper TGO challenge weather. Horrible. God bless the master of this house, likewise the mistress too, and all the little children that round the table go. Love and joy come to you, and to you your wassail too, and God bless you and send you a happy new year, and God send you a happy new Ah, well, back at the car, which is instantly steamed up, uh, as one could imagine. So, Andy, Merry Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Once again, you brought the weather. We were just saying, perhaps we should pre-record this in September. <laughs> I think... <laughs> that, was, uh, that was the kind of full-on gale you get, when oh. you, all you can do is just lie down and see it out, isn't it? Well, yeah, and hope for the best, really. I mean, I... Um, I actually slept through a reasonable amount of it, surprisingly. But um, I'm so glad I bought some extra VPEGs and, and pinged, pinned everything down, every possible cord. Yeah. I needed it last night, and yours was okay. Well, I mean, the first time to use a shelter. No, not good. You shouldn't really. be pitching it in the dark where you don't know where you are <laughs> in the middle of a gale. But um, it, it lost a bit of height, I think, from the pole, or I hadn't got the pole high enough. But the thing about, about it that was good is the three peg-out points at the back were pretty solid. So there was no... Although it flapped at the top, there was no flapping inside. So I didn't have bits of tent hitting me or mm. stuff like that, or spray. So I was quite pleased with that. Mm. Yeah, that's oh, good. I was uh, quite happy to come down when it came down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, so that was good points. Bad points is, uh, well, unfortunately, I had to do the washing up. Yes. Sad life, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I prepare all the food. I do I the menu. Know. I do the cooking. I get the Christmas presents and all the rest of it. And then I have to wash yeah, up. And I do owe you something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted to spend time using my grooming kit. Yes. Well, of course, you've got your Action Man special yeah, exactly. gel. Yeah. I could have I done hope, Yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway, so that's the end of another adventure. I think we definitely do need to do some adventures in better weather now. 
summer's looking more attractive by the day. Oh, well, I definitely want to do my beach adventure, cook it, eat it yeah. all sort of thing on the beach. Yeah, and yeah. We need to that. check the weather forecast. Yeah. Well, I've got a, a list of people that uh, want to join me uh, to do a wild camp, and I can't promise they'll all be as entertaining as this one as regards the weather. But uh, do drop me a line. <laughs> They'll all suddenly disappear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Emails have suddenly dried up. Yes, that can't quite take you out in, uh, in yeah, terrible weather. I suddenly realised last night, I ought to get one of these wind speed things. Um, yeah. Wind speed calculators. I don't know what the wind was last night, but that was pretty... And when do you expect to use it when enough. you're out doing the washing? Well, because as I said that, I was just thinking, does that mean you have to actually get, get out of yes. the shelter to, to do it? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, if anybody wants to uh, drop me a line um, with any thoughts on the podcast, I hope you've enjoyed them. It's Christmas next... Uh, is it Wednesday or Thursday this year? Thursday. Thursday. So, um, so, yeah, it's a week to Christmas. So hopefully we'll get this uh, published and out and um, hopefully give you a bit of entertainment uh, while you're uh, arguing with the family and over the Christmas And if anybody wants to spend the night... And driving gale and rain and zero visibility, Bob's your man. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear or see more from our extensive free library, please visit theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Yeah.